0: destroy you with my Turbo Glove, the ultimate weapon against the robot threat. But to be a true Ooh. hero, you'll have to save your girlfriend.
1: Hey, what's that in your head? It's a, it's a,
0: it's a comic book.
1: What's it about? It's about
0: Turbo Rider? <gasps> That's rad! I always wonder what the other side looked like. It's kind of gray and dusty. Well, I could show you.
2: Around here, we like to do things with a little more.
3: Joie de vie. Where is she? Police the girl. This is going to get ugly.
0: As you may know, the situation is critical. We have reached
2: maximum casualty level. Uh, who exactly are you supposed to be? Turbo Rider. This is it, soldier. We have to hit these damn machines with everything we've got. Find them, kill them. We back their heads on bikes. I'm meeting up with an
0: old mate. I'm <sighs> straight to Zeus. Ah, what do you say?
3: The fate of our future
0: is in your hand. I wish I could have been more like the real Turbo Rider.
3: But you could totally be Turbo Kid.
0: You are listening to the official podcast of the Horrible Imaginings Film Festival where we brought an analysis of stigmatized creative expression in film, art, and literature. To understand the misunderstood, your host is Miguel Rodriguez. Hello listeners, and thank you for returning once again to the Horrible Imaginings Film Festival official podcast. We are just a few days out from... The 2015 Horrible Imaginings Film Festival. I'm a few episodes behind. I have two episodes from San Diego Comic-Con, as well as another interview yet to get online, and uh, film festival prep has kept me rather busy of late. However, I had to get this one in. This is a surprise last-minute podcast that I had the pleasure of conducting earlier today, And uh, it is currently the 5th of September, one day after the film Turbo Kid premiered here in San Diego at the Digital Gym Cinema, introduced and presented by Horrible Imaginings Film Festival in partnership with the Film Geeks at the Digital Gym Cinema. Turbo Kid is one of those films that has a lot of anticipation behind it. It's really fun. This is a special gem of a film that only comes out once in a blue moon, it seems like and the response to it last night was absolutely stellar. It's only playing two more times in San Diego. Tonight at the Digital Gym Cinema at 9 p.m. and also Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, September 9th at 7 p.m. at Digital Gym Cinema. So if you're in San Diego, this is an added push to get you to go see it. And if you're anywhere in the world and you see it coming to a theater near you, you really need to see it in a theater. Anyway, I got to talk to the directors, Johan, Anouk, and Francois, earlier today, and I rush-edited this film to get it online as soon as possible in the hopes of informing more people the film was playing, and hopefully to fill the theater again tonight and Wednesday, because last night was so sold out that we had to add seats to the theater. Very exciting stuff when that happens. For anybody who has seen Turbo Kid or is about to see it, we have a pretty much spoiler free, really fun conversation ahead of you with some French Canadians. So great accents on the way as well. But enough of me yammering. Here is the trio of directors behind Turbo Kid. Hello. 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 Uh, wow, you sound fantastic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because we are. <laughs> uh, my name is Johan.
3: Uh, my name is Anouk.
2: And my name is Francois or Frank if you want.
0: Is it okay if we go with Francois? Yeah.
3: That's I
2: like perfect. that.
0: We're going to be cultured.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> please add every
2: time.
0: Hon-hon. We uh we went for poutine before seeing the film last night, so... Good wow. Times. Yeah, I'm still feeling the effects, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's still so good. It, it was. It was delicious.
1: It, it is the best hangover food of all time.
0: I, that was the problem, is I kind of wish I had drunk a lot more before eating it.
1: Exactly. That's where you made the fatal mistake.
0: <laughs> well, I'll remember that for next time, because I got something called... The and you have to remember this is Americans version of poutine. I got something called the uh fiery pig. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love oh.
0: it. Which was poutine with a huge scoop of pulled pork on top of it. Uh,
3: oh my gosh. Beautiful. That's
0: intense. Yeah, intense is right. Yeah, it was intense on the way out too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, to get things started right, I want to play something for you really quick. I'm going to play it over my computer speakers. But uh, this was after the film last night, just to get things on the right track. It keeps going. Hell yeah. I think people liked it. Wow, wow. wow.
1: Uh, we wish we could have been there and just hugged uh, everyone. <laughs> um
0: yeah, they would have liked that. It's too bad you're so far away. We haven't gotten the warp in place yet. Oh, <laughs> damn you, Star
1: Trek for making us believe.
0: I know. It's what's, it's the year 2015 already. We should have our warps. Yeah, is, I'm actually pretty pissed off about the year 2000. <laughs> Let, let's <laughs> and that's fifteen years past now
1: first of all, yes, and second of all, we were promised so much stuff. Where is my jetpack that's all I 'm saying Nothing. i should I should be traveling by jetpack, having a flying car there's ton of stuff but I should have
2: either that or we're supposed to be in a gang with studs and
1: leather and <laughs> <laughs> yes it's true. <laughs> <laughs> If you're born in the 80s or close to the 80s, the future was either either a beautiful utopia of technology or a wasteland of people <laughs> killing each other. Yeah, there mo- are
0: not nearly enough Mohawks. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly.
0: We demand more Mohawks. I and proudly say hard- there was one guy with a Mohawk at the screening last night. Thank awesome. you. Yeah. Whoever you are, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Mohawk guy. <laughs> he, he just needed spiked uh, shoulder pads, and then we would be all set.
3: Oh, that would be beautiful.
0: Da, <laughs> 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 ah, this just popped in my head. Have you guys seen Intrepidos Punks*? *Entrepidos*. It's a Punks Mexican Punks. Mad Max ripoff.
1: Oh my god! I, I we have to see it now.
0: You do. I have it. I'm sending it to you. All right. Oh, oh thank god. you. <laughs> <laughs> this film is. It, it, you need to see this. <laughs> it must be beautiful is it recent or uh... no it's like 1982 oh Oh, the golden years that's That's even better i figured you'd say the golden years something something told me you like these years (laughs) i don't know what it is but uh it's just a (laughs) a hunch Just, Just... just a hunch yeah (laughs) yeah. <laughs> you could choose to enter this one at a time or, or whoever wants to go first or maybe just one of you but uh, I want to talk about each of you as film fans I kind of got the idea already about the 80s being the golden age of film but yeah. tell me about some of your personal experiences growing up with movies and if you had that one time that you grabbed the old VHS and threw it in the player and it was a life changing moment and it made you, alright, I gotta make these kinds of movies tell me about that moment
1: There's a ton of them. There's one I haven't been told yet in in any interview that I'm going to tell. The first time I I saw uh, Halloween, the John Carpenter Halloween, Mm -hmm. Uh, I was pretty young, maybe eight or nine. So I go to the video store to rent it, and I go to the clerks, and she says, You cannot rent this, little boy. (laughs) It's a horror film. And I said, no, no, it's okay. My mom says it's okay. Well, let's call your mom. So she calls my mom and she's, she's. is it okay for, well, she, she was French. So um, is it okay that your uh, son rents always? And my mom's here always because she cannot pronounce Halloween. So <laughs> oh, she thinks think it's the Steven Spielberg film about, you know. The romantic. Yeah, romantic you film. Be- And my mom is like, why my son would like to rent that film? It makes no sense. But yeah, sure. I have no problem. So the clerk said, okay. So she let me rent Halloween. I come back home and hide in the basement and watched it alone. It was fantastic. I was scared. Like, I couldn't move. I I was watching the tree. And I couldn't stand up to press pause or stop. I was just frozen in fear.
0: You just peed your pants. You couldn't go to the restroom.
1: Amazing experience. <laughs> that was one of the great experiences.
0: It's beautiful.
3: <laughs> About me. Uh Joan is my older brother. Yeah. I was <laughs> exposed to uh horror movies way too young.
2: Way too young.
3: Like I think it would have been like before eight. <laughs> or yeah. some. So I've got like I'm a huge horror fan because of it, but now I find it difficult to find like horror films that really me off, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So I've been traumatized a lot when yeah I was the, a
1: kid. The first time I saw, this is one of my favorite horror film of all time, which is American Werewolf in London. Mm. And the first time I saw it, I must have been ten. And so we have four years different, and you watch it with me. So you were around yeah. six
0: or seven when
1: you <laughs> chose that film. I was a terrible brother.
0: No, you were a wonderful brother. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I always, I always have a big argument with myself about this. If I had kids, I would want to show them these movies when they're six years old, but yeah. then that would be like robbing them of the chance to go behind my back and do it anyway. Yes. You know, because so, that's so half the joy.
2: Yeah. yeah. I do the same thing. I have a daughter, and I hide my Takeshimike. <laughs> movies?
0: <laughs> yeah, those are serious.
2: <laughs> yeah, but um, every time she she tried to to sneak in and try to 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 see those because they're, they're forbidden. Yeah, I'm like... sure she if she didn't she if she did not she
3: might have done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we were out, I think she should...
0: What oh. would you do if you came home and she was watching Visitor Q? Oh
1: Ooh. man, that would have been like <laughs> that's an awkward conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, the mother's spraying her milk.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the next movie.
1: Yeah, oh, That's that's actually a movie in itself. Yes. Like a father catching his young daughter watching Visitor Q and trying <laughs> um, to um, the talk. Okay.
0: Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm getting uncomfortable just joking about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, when a, a man... And a lady love each other. Even if <laughs> oh. she's a cadaver. <laughs> Even if she's dead. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. and remember, it's not life, it's poop. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so it's normal. Now go play outside.
0: Yes. <laughs> Get yourself some fresh air. <laughs> uh, Alright, well, every time it seems that... Uh, the 80s nostalgia thing has been going on for, I feel like, 15 years now. And uh, and if it ever feels like it's starting to slow down, there's another bunch of movies that come out that are uh, up on the 80s thing. In the last few months, of course, we had Kung Fury hit in a pretty big way on the Internet. And in the U.S., we had the L. Network actually play it. And now, of course, Turbo Kid in particular. So can you talk about the continued appeal of the 80s? And then I want to talk about Canadian films, doing them in particular. But first talk about what you think is so special about the 80s and that particular decade of films.
1: I think, I think for us, it's, it's not only the aesthetic or the look of the films, but it's also the way they used to tell stories. Rewatch um, the Goonies, which was a huge influence for Turbo Kid, they, they have a certain way to tell your, the, the stories that you, makes you connect to the character right away. And, um, yeah, I mean, 80s storytelling was great.
2: Well, it's because I think we we were like,
1: kids. Child.
2: we were kids mm-hmm. in the 80s and we grew up on all that stuff, which we think was the the best, best movies of all time, the best <laughs> cartoon, the best video game. I don't know if it's true, but for us it is. And as long as there will be uh, directors that grew up in the 80s, there will be Homage to, to the 80s. I,
1: I, I like what you just said makes me like feel like we're like our like grandparents going, Well, in my time,
0: <laughs> it was so much We bad. didn't have CGI and we used to walk a thousand miles to go to school. No, you but, used to bike on a BMX, of course. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> like, uh, BMX Bandit was a huge influence on Turbo Kid. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's evident. Well, yeah. yeah, for the colors and Just a BMX. But growing up, we were obsessed by that film. We were so into that film. And we had BMX that was tricked out like the characters in that film that looked like the same BMX. Yeah, we had the same uh, elbow pads and knee pads. Yeah. With the rainbow stripe. Oh man, those were the best. (laughs) We looked awesome. I think
0: combining the like 12-year-old BMX-style bikes with those colors with these, like, Mad Max-style tough guys was a brilliant choice.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like,
0: the second you see Skeletron ride up on a little BMX, it's like, holy crap, this works.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, there's something logical in, in this. And in all post-apocalyptic, they're looking for gas, and they all have cars. Mm-hmm. But... It would be so much simpler to just have BMX bikes. Well, at some point, there (laughs) will be no gas. There's (laughs) no gas anymore, so you just ride around. And it's easier to ride on a bike
0: than walked around. Yeah, and then you only have to fight for water and not gas. Exactly. You have only one fight. (laughs) And it fits our budget, so. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Although we won't talk about that. It's about the appeal. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The Canadian films that have come out, like, obviously Hobo with a Shotgun, of course Jason Eisner, of course, produced, directed that and produced Turbo Kid. Yeah. Um, also, like, Dead Hooker in a Trunk. There seems to be a lot of films, there are a lot of films anyway coming out that are like, we're the 80s retro movie, but the ones from Canada seem to be really good at this retro action 80s movie thing. So, can you talk about that a little bit? Why do you think that is? What is it about the Canadian experience that really brings out the best in this type of genre?
1: I believe it's because we're coming from a place of love. It's actually, we (laughs) love, no, it's true. We love those films. So, we never, Turbo Kid, we've never seen it as a spoof. We never wanted it to be a spoof. Mm -hmm. We wanted it to be a genuine love letter to our childhood. So I, I think that's helps a lot. Um the guys from Astron Six are very good at that uh, as well. We love those guys. They're
0: good friends. Right. They did um, Father's Day and a bunch of other movies. Yeah. A Manborg, there's there's a lot of these movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Well we maybe because the rating of cinema is often like lower in hmm. Quebec and uh, oh, like P G thirteen and everything is, it's 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 always less Tur- strict in Canada than the U.S. Yeah, we're so.
0: very we're very puritanical.
3: So, <laughs> so maybe because we <laughs> mean, and
0: we're land know. of Ethan.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, in, in Quebec, Turbo Kid is rate... Uh, thirteen. Thirteen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, I, I, I think it's the right. Yeah, my thirteen. Right yeah, my thirteen self with get a kick out of turbo Kid. would have loved turbo Kid. would have watched it every weekend and we understand that turbo Kid is not a movie for kids but you know if your kids sneak out and see it it's it's not a big deal (laughs) (laughs) like it's
0: it's it's just fun it's one of those things where someone might say something like who's this movie for it's like for kids but it has all this blood But it's like the blood is the same kind of it's the same kind of violence that would be in Tom and Jerry or something in a lot of ways. It's it's kind of cartoonish and over the top. And it's not I don't know how harmful it is, per se.
1: We always say it's Bugs Bunny for adults. You just (laughs) put the figure on it. Yeah, exactly. It's no more violent than Wally Coyote trying to kill the Roadrunner.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just the color red. We're afraid of the color red.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: well, I think I, I've heard uh, Quentin Tarantino tell something about uh, that. Like, if you grew up watching violent movie, movies, uh, you won't be a violent person, but you might turn up uh, a filmmaker that do violent movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's, it's probably pretty true. true. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's all expression and getting stuff off your chest, right? I mean these your film and hobo with a shotgun for example a lot of these retro movies that are kind of fun the violent the violence in turbo kid is quite extreme as ca- cartoonish as it is but really uh, <laughs> clever ways of dispatching people <laughs> um, <laughs> talk about the process of all right how are we going to kill this guy how are we going to kill this guy and how are you going to pull it off this pretty it's almost like operatic the way a person will just fall to pieces
2: hey uh, just before that since you mentioned Oboe with a shotgun we have to give props to Jason Eisner mm-hmm. uh, you told you told us uh, how did we manage to do that movie and he was on board and uh, telefilm Canada who financed Hobo with a Shotgun, uh, Finest Turbo Kid, and like they got it right away. Oh, it's like Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, we we love Jason. We love that movie. Uh, we we get it, and that's why it was able to happen. So yeah, we
1: love that. Thank dude. you, Jason. We love you. We we truly do. Um, now I forgot the question.
2: Well,
0: you know what? As long as we're on the Jason Eisner thing, I, we'll 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 come back to that one because. Yeah. This would this makes more sense to follow that one up, which is, you know, Turbo Kid has a similar beginning story to Hobo with a Shotgun, which started out as a fake trailer and became a feature film. And Turbo Kid started out as a contender short for ABCs of Death, I think, right?
1: Yes, exactly and, it. And
0: yeah. yeah, can you talk about what that was like making the short and submitting it to ABCs of Death and, uh, you know, holding on to the rights so you could make a Feature film and, and that whole the whole story behind that.
1: The, the crazy thing at, at first, um, we didn't want to make a short for ABCs of that. Because we just did a contest. Mm. And we already bugged our friend on Facebook to vote for us. So we decided uh, we'll sit this one out. But uh, we ran into Jason. Uh, during Fantasia Film Festival in Montreal mm-hmm. and said, No, you have to, to jump in and we're like, oh, we don't know. And like, no, you don't understand. It's going to be fucking cool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you uh, can say fuck, it's cool. Oh, okay, cool. Fuck <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> So um on the drive back to home, we were in pre-production then and by the time we finished TS for Turbo for the contest, we submitted it at the last second. Mm. Of the contest, and we ended up first in the public vote, but we didn't get into the movie, but the producer from ABCs of that uh called us in and said, ah, too bad, you ended up first, but you didn't get into the movie. Do you want to turn this into a feature?" So we said, "Yeah, for
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure so, <laughs> so you uh, didn't know you were going <laughs> to make it a feature right from the beginning no. you well
1: know, we were joking on set when we're making the, the short, because we're having so much fun with the story that we might turn this into a feature. Yeah, we would love to do a feature of, with
2: that concept, like Mad Max on BMX. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's such a huge story in a lot of ways because it's a huge uh, setting. It's, it. There's a lot going on. You've got this whole world that you've built. I couldn't help but think with the short, it was like, oh, they knew they were going to make a feature right away.
3: Oh, oh, thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you. <laughs> But uh, no, uh, Ant w- was very great. Then we met our Canadian producer, Anne-Marie. And uh, then uh, with and partner, Tim Riley, and Anne-Marie's uh, partner, Benoit Bollier, the whole team was together. So it's a pretty big team. There's three directors. There's five producers. <laughs> there's private investors as well. So it was a huge team to make that, um, that that love letter to our childhood. happened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: With three directors, did you ever want to kill yourselves or, de- or kill each other or, or did you just work together pretty well?
3: Uh, it's only when we write <laughs> <the script. laughs> behind closed door, nobody sees it. so but uh, yeah, it's, only, it's the only time we disagree. It's when we, we write and we try to convince uh, one another that which ideas should go and, in the script. Uh, but after that we're, uh, once we write the script, Everything is just going on the same yeah, because direction. At, because at the end, oh.
2: we have to agree mm-hmm. with, the, with the script, and, and after that, yeah. we're all on the same page. Uh, we storyboard everything. Uh, I think that's why we were able to, uh, yeah, to don't do
1: chaos on set. Like we don't want to waste time. Uh, There's n- never any arguing on set. Like we we have one track mind. We we've been directing shorts. The three of us together for over ten years now, mm. so we developed that weird hive mind where we are able to communicate just by looking at each other and understand each
0: other. So, does that freak people out? Yeah, yeah, it, does. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> truly does. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, because uh, at the, the script stage, we know why each thing is in the script because we we had to really debate it because we don't go into votings. We really need that everybody agrees on everything. So, because of that, when we go into pre-production, like we know which direction we're going, like we have, we already know, we already have the, the complete picture in our mind.
0: Mm-hmm. When it comes to the writing, like there's there's a lot of different elements in the film that are really strong. There's the story itself. And I want to talk more about that later, but I'm curious about the character design because I think that's one of the things that really... Uh, gets people excited about this. People loved the film when they saw it, but they came to the film excited because they saw the posters and they saw the trailer. And I think half of that is these crazy character designs. Of course, uh, Michael Ironside as Zeus looks crazy awesome. And then you've got Turbo Rider, who is a really good design. And I think mo- most of all, of course, you've got Skeletron, which gets people. So how do you come up with the uh, the character designs? Is that also a group effort? Or is there someone who like sits down and draws a bunch of pictures? Or uh, how is that? Come about?
1: There's a little bit of it. Uh, Anouk and François are a very good drawer. Mm -hmm. So they they draw very, very well. And um, it's also surrounding you, uh, ourselves, with very talented people. And the person that designed the costume, Eric, uh, is very, very talented. And it's just working with a great team to get your vision realized. And from from the beginning it's a lot of us sitting down and pitching ideas and and having concept and just just developing things and just having fun with it until we fi- we find something really strong that we love and then it's sitting down with somebody like Eric with your Poirier, which is an amazing designer, and just giving him our, our vision and him understanding it and running with it.
0: So when am I gonna have my hardcover coffee table book called The Art of Turbo Kid?
1: Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> um, there's actually one of the guy that did some of the storyboard on Turbo Kid called Jake Zion, mm-hmm. which is an amazing comic book artist. Um, if you don't know him, seek him out on Instagram. Find him on Facebook. He, he posts a lot of his drawing. He his drawings are fantastic. So to, it would be actually fun to do um, a comic table <laughs> book. About this. We're doing a comic book, a Turbo Kid comic book right now. We have an Indiegogo campaign.
0: Okay. The campaign's running now? Yeah, yeah. it's running right oh. now. Well, the link will be up on the show notes, everybody. Go and donate cool. and share. Cool.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And uh, we've reached $25,000 now.
1: And so we've done action figures, and now we're doing a comic book. And if we ever hit $50,000, we will do... um uh, <laughs>
3: Didn't
0: announce it. Yet. Uh, I think
3: it? It's like uh, it's well, it's it's announced.
1: We're going to do a video game. That, that people know now.
0: Eight bit, right?
1: Eight bit, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> of course, of course. All retro, very mega many. So it's going to be great. Mega Man, yeah. by Zelda. Gamers.
0: Yeah, definitely the Zelda influence came out in the movie, but I could see this as an amazing Mega Man style. And you need the excite bike, of course. Oh, yeah. Man, you're getting me excited about this. Now <laughs> here's your fifty grand in imaginary money.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, we're huge video game nerds from the, the time we're very, very young, so we're still play every time we have a little bit of time up to ourselves which is Is not a lot (laughs) recently but um yeah no video games are awesome
0: yeah can't really get into dragon age but you can play some mega man yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) let's go back to the blood question because uh the the I, i love the extreme over the top awesome creative violence in it but uh, it seems to be a very popular thing to do. And what do you think the appeal is? Why does it work so well when you have a film like Turbo Kid and you throw in bodies and limbs flying and blood spraying and, and all of that? I mean, as, as violent as some of these 80s movies were, it's like you're taking it up to 11 a little bit. So.
3: <laughs> I think it's entertaining and it's also, it gives you that strange feeling of you're laughing at people getting dismembered, so it's kind of a special feeling when you look at this kind of movie, I think. I like that it creates.
2: Because at at the beginning it it was always a gore movie. Mm -hmm. If you saw the short, like you understand. uh, So at first people are asking us, why so much gore? Well, because it was a gore movie at the beginning, and we knew that we didn't want to do a gore movie for Uh, 90 minutes so we had a real challenge is we wanted to have a very cute love story have uh, good characters and that was really our our challenge to to bring that like to be the heart of the stories Mm -hmm. and when you care for the characters that's when
1: the the gore works your that's when your action your set pieces work work so because you can have all the craziest set pieces in the world if if you don't care about the character you just tune out uh, after a while mm-hmm. and I, I believe as well what makes the gore gore work is the contrast we have a cute love story about a boy meets girl coming-of-age story but when somebody dies well it's head explodes.
0: <laughs> Okay. Or he's cutting to four or five pieces. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, uh, we—it was a tough shoot because of the weather mm-hmm. uh, and the, the the budget as well. But we had to sacrifice every day gore gags or um, like we we cut at, at least half of the gore we wanted to do. But we survived and we managed to preserve the story. And I think that's why the the the, the love story really. Uh, stands out. And I think that's why that movie is really different from the other ones that have, like, mm. core and
0: stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned that balance between the cartoonish splatter film and and the characters that you actually managed to make us care about. It's like this, uh, you have the pure wacky fun, and then there are these moments where You really take it kind of seriously, you know, when when Apple and uh, and Turbo Kid are kind of looking into each other's eyes and the whole theater kind of goes quiet for a bit. It's 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 amazing that you're it's it seems like a difficult balance to strike in such a cartoonish movie. So I, I guess can you talk about how much of that comes from the script and how much of that comes from just really good casting decisions?
3: I think it's both mm. because when we wrote the script, it was very important that the per- the character would not be like clowns or they're not funny mm. they're just real characters in a very over the top situation and world, but they're real people, so they're pretty serious <laughs> uh, and After that, when we cast the when we had our actors, they all did an amazing job like just getting these characters and becoming themselves, they would become the characters and they would even, like, be able to, um, I don't know, they, they just were so amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, they,
2: a, a lot of time we didn't call cut because
1: we wanted them to... To just ad-lib at the end of scenes. Mm-hmm. And we ended up using a lot of those takes.
3: Yeah, because they were...
1: They were just so amazing.
3: Yeah.
0: How long did it take to find the to cast? I mean, you found in the two leads, there's a perfect... Magnetism, a perfect charisma and charm that they share in their scenes, did you take did you know who you had in mind at first or was searching very hard
1: it actually it went very very fast and it was quite easy um, when we did the audition with uh Monroe Chambers that plays a kid mm-hmm. um, it blew us away. Completely away, and we knew after his audition that we had our kid. We we knew right there. He was the first kid that came in. What? Yes, yeah. and we knew right away. He, it's him. It, like it cannot be anybody else. And we did see everybody else out of respect, and everybody was very good. There's just something about Monroe that just. I think we're very lucky to have worked with him, because somebody is going to be. Is going to discover him very very soon. He's going to be a huge star, and for Laurence, she's actually a huge star in Quebec.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, we 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 felt very lucky that um, she decided to jump in and uh, that she liked the script. And it, she's been such a blessing working with. She's an amazing talented actress. But we really thought we were too small for to have
2: Laurence and Michael Ironside. It was really a dream, <laughs> and uh, we we saw Michael Ironside at a cocktail, totally
1: uh, random. randomly, yeah, like, random. And we actually wrote the character for him, like in mind. We wanted Michael to play it. We just didn't believe it would ever happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, how could it not be Michael Ironside? <laughs> exactly. It's,
1: uh, it's it's we it's him. You should have seen our
2: faces when we saw Michael Ironside walking in that cocktail. We were like, holy shit.
0: Uh We
2: have to tell our producers. (laughs) And we we told our producers, hey, Michael Ironside is here. We need you need to talk to him. And Yeah, uh, Anne-Marie, our producer from from Quebec, just took our hands, puts us in front of him and just said, I'm a producer, I'm producing their movie. They're going to they're pitch to you. And she left. So. Oh, man. So we're
1: there in front of one of her heroes. Like, just, <laughs> okay, I'm going to pitch. And adrenaline kicked in. And I think I did my best pitch of all my life just because of it. And uh, he really liked the story. And he said, send me a script. If I like the script, uh, I'll call you back.
2: Well, that's not true. At first, he said, "Oh, yeah. you do know I'm a born against Christian. I don't do that shit anymore. And we're like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, I, sorry, like,
1: I'm fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> but he was really into the story. And um, he actually moved another um, production he was supposed to do then to do Turbo Kid. So um, he, he was really into it. And we had so much fun with him. He, he's Michael, like, we all know him as, like, that ultimate bad guy. Yeah. but he's the biggest teddy bear in the world. He's so sweet and nice. And uh, we've become uh, great friends since then.
0: Well, and, it's uh, incredible because yeah, for those of us who love Michael Ironside from Scanners or Total Recall or Starship Troopers or something, it's like he's back. He's Michael Ironside and it's it's he's just as amazing as ever and it's so great for the audience to uh to see him and he's still he's still got it.
1: Yeah. Oh man. And yeah, he's he has also the coolest stories. I don't know which one I have I'm allowed to tell, but <laughs> he has the coolest stories because he's his work with everybody. Yeah. He's literally worked with everybody. So he has the most amazing story in the world. If you ever get a chance to interview him, just make him tell you stories. He's a great storyteller as well. I could listen to that man talk all day long.
0: Well, you do, you have my email address, so just uh, give us an <laughs> introduction, and I'll say, Michael, I'll, I'll interview you at any time. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> by the way, the born-again Christian story was pretty pretty excellent. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, I did get one person, uh, my friend Stephen Martin, who's actually from Vancouver, British Columbia. But he wanted to know um, what the status of your new film is after pitching at Frontiers in Montreal. And I don't know if you can even answer that question, but that's what he wanted me to ask you.
1: We can talk about it a little bit. Um, What's great is that for Elora's Wish, um, we've just received grant... From Telefilm Canada and SADEC, which is the provincial body and the Canadian body, to write the, the script. So, um, which is a first for us. We're being paid to write our own script. <laughs> that's cool. That, that's time. pretty cool. Yeah, we, we don't want to go back to our old day jobs. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, it, it's been going very, very well. There's a lot of interest for that project.
3: Yeah, we made we've made the good contacts in the the Franciare market, and also we went uh, a bit in LA and just.
1: Yeah, it's 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 going well for that project. Um, yeah, we can say it's a, it's going to be a revenge movie, a
2: very bloody one, uh, <laughs> but with humor and style and heart. Um, it's a bit based on one of. Of our short that we made in two thousand seven, I think, called Total Fury.
3: Yeah, that's pretty much
2: <laughs>
1: it. But um, yeah, it's 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 I, it's looking really really good. Um, I think the success of Turbo Kid is helping us. Uh, if you're listening to this interview and you haven't seen Turbo Kid yet, rent it on iTunes or better, go see it in theater. It's a great you. Great audience So, You you heard the crowd at, yeah. at the beginning of the podcast, but it's a, it's a great audience film, and um, but support independent film. That's it, it's silly, but it's super important. I, I I don't want to sound preachy now, but if you want films that think outside the box or try things differently, are just are a little bit more special. You have to support indie films. That that's. That's the basic of it. If if you're complaining all oh, every film are the same now and you're parroting like you're you're a parrot of films, you're a bit part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You have to support independent films. Now I'm I'm done preaching. Well and yeah, I,
0: and and with this podcast it's preaching to the choir a little bit, but <laughs> it's still worth saying. I mean everybody who listens it, it has the same kind of of passion and and respect for the true originality that comes from the smaller film rather than what we get from Hollywood now. Uh, So that's definitely true. I'm wondering, now that you've talked about, uh, you know, getting paid for your next script and getting new contacts and stuff, how do all of you feel about what is perhaps higher expectations for you now that you have some success with Turbo Kid? It pretty feels surreal.
3: Yeah, and (laughs) we we know we have to work hard to
0: I think it's stressful. An,
3: yeah, it stressful. <laughs> now we're, yeah, it's stressful. Yeah, it's <laughs> stressful. We need to work hard in order to that the, the next one goes. It needs to, be
1: yeah, like, needs to be better.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Yeah we
3: always even when we did uh, short films we always always try to improve
1: and outdo the, ourselves. Yeah. So we, we
3: have so now it's yeah.
1: We have to, to uh, outdo ourselves with the next one. You, you have, yeah. I always have to progress and make something better each time. And we learned so much
2: from that uh, first experience uh, to do a feature, and I can wait to do another yeah. one. and hopefully we'll have a, a bigger budget, which will help. <laughs> yes <laughs> And but yeah, I'm stressful that the the expectations. the expectations are really high but that's a good thing. That's it is a good thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you have a plan to balance making bigger budget films potentially with the creative freedom that comes from being in the lower budget bracket?
1: Yeah. um, It's all, it's, it's all about balance. That's an amazing question. It's all about balance. And, um, I think with uh, our next project, Aloha's Debt Wish. Um, I think it, it's what our producers are looking for, and because we have one producer on it, um, which is uh, Anne-Marie Julina, which is also uh, one of the producer of Turbo Kid. Um, uh, I, I, I think what they're looking for, as a term of budget, as exactly that line of having enough to do yeah. your vision. But having n- freedom creates a freedom yeah. at the same time
0: hmm yeah it's, it's a really hard it's a hard line to negotiate I think
1: yeah. it is it is definitely
0: but yes. it's not impossible and I think I think that you guys can make it normally we'd talk a little longer I want to um, make this one a little more brief although it's been about 45 minutes it's gonna be a great episode uh, but I want to get this edited and I want to get it online tonight because <laughs> We want to promote tonight's screening of Turbo Kid here in San Diego. And there's one more night on Wednesday. And if you live in San Diego and you miss it, you're a fucking chump. So (laughs) seriously, I'm not going to be nice about that. You need to see this film. Uh, I do want to leave off on this note uh, before we get any last thoughts from you three. But uh, I think what makes this like right now, I feel really hyper because Turbo Kid makes me so excited. Like this is a great film. I love it a lot. And uh, it's it's a while before it's been a while since I saw one that stirred this uh, kind of excitement in me. And I and I think I know why. You touched on it at the beginning of the conversation when uh, you said that this is not a spoof. Now you know a lot of a lot of these kinds of movies will come out where it's a little too wink wink nudge nudge. Isn't this a funny joke? Look how goofy this is. But the attention to story and the attention to making us care about these characters. It's it's you nailed it so well that uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a perfect balance. It's a greatly balanced film. And I think that is what's going to make it have legs and last a long time and be an example for other films. So congratulations. I think this is a great achievement. Oh.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. You're,
0: you're making us blush now. <laughs> well, I can't see you, so it's all good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. We, Really didn't want to laugh at those movies because we love them and we just wanted to, yeah. to pay homage to to
1: write a love letter to to, to those movies
3: yeah
1: and uh, I, I hope everybody that's going to see it tonight uh, is having a blast and having fun and we love each and every one of you for supporting Independence Film and uh, if ever I meet you come talk to us and I'll hug you well you'll just I- have
0: to come to uh, San Diego at some point
1: I would love to. Actually, San Diego is like, we've never been, but from what we've seen, it's a beautiful city and we'd love to be there.
0: Well, there's a great film festival here every September called Horrible Imaginings Film Festival. It's one of the best tiny film festivals ever. And you're invited because i'm the director so we oh that would be fantastic that would be so great (laughs) yeah we would love to excellent well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast we're gonna get this up right away to promote 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 oh
1: well thank you so much miguel and we're hugging you through the internet i feel it (laughs)
0: all right that's enough let go
1: it's it's getting awkward now
0: it's
1: so soft
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's true actually I don't know how you know that. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit